All right, let's do this. Post Loons, episode 28. Wow, it's hard to believe we've done 28 of these Post Loons episodes. Uh, Most of them me here in my basement talking to you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in uh, tonight and always to Post Loons, presented by our good friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. We are live on the 10K Pitches Twitter and YouTube channels. Uh, Drop those comments in the chat. Any uh, questions, comments, takeaways from the 1-0 win in Austin tonight. It's three points on the road. Hard to complain, but it was far from a masterclass from the loons in this one. And we will get right down to it in the stream. My name is Jeremy Rushing. Thank you so much. If you haven't, feel free to give us a thumbs up on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching over on Twitter, if you could hit that retweet button, hit that like button on the stream, that would be great for kind of uh, pushing this out to more people as well. Now, one thing that still is kind of a hiccup on here is any comments that you drop on Twitter. I can't see them here in the stream yard. So if you want to leave a comment, a question, a takeaway, you got to go to youtube.com and you got to type in post loons in that search bar if you want to do that. Uh, Just like a couple of comments so far, Dave Stevens says, yay, three points in Texas. Yes, Um, Minnesota traditionally has not done well in Texas. Uh, This year has been kind of an exception to that. They got three points in Houston, three points in, uh, in Austin tonight. So uh, kind of turning the tide there a little bit, three much-needed points, and three, I think, expected points. You should expect to get a win on the road against one of the worst teams in the league, against the worst team in the Western Conference, especially when you need them so damn bad. You needed all three of these points. Adrian Heath said this week that a point on the road uh, would be a win. Uh-uh. Not against Austin, not at this point when you're clinging on onto a playoff spot. You needed all three of those points, and he got them tonight, which is great. Dave Valensky says, let's thank Boxy for this win. Uh, you know, I will say yes. Uh, I liked what I saw from Michael Boxall tonight. I did not like what I saw from the rest of the defense. We will get to that in a little bit as well. Dave Stevens dropping in. Another comment says, a little surprise. Most of our preferred top four with new up top and load at right wing. Couldn't do more. But a W is a W and needed now after last weekend. 100%, Dave. I was a little bit surprised at the lack of offensive uh, fluidity between that top four, right? Um, That is your ideal top four. Make no bones about it. Ethan Finley has played well this season, but this is your ideal top four with uh, Fragapani on the left, Reynoso at the 10, Lud at the right, and Hunu up top. That is who you want up top for Minnesota United. But when those four are together, there just hasn't quite been that cohesiveness that you would expect to see. Now they haven't been together a lot and that could be a big reason for that. Some more time together on the training pitch and in matches. If this is who you're going to roll with, this is the horses you're going to roll with. If you're Adrian Heath, you need to get kind of all those little bugs out of the system now, because come playoff time, you're going to need those guys obviously performing at optimum level. Uh, Dave Valensky says, okay, 10 minutes late. What's your excuse? I always put an arbitrary time on the stream, Dave. I'm sorry. I think I put 10 five. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I put 10 15 and we were on time for that. So, uh, but yes, I did put 10 five and I was 10 minutes late in regards to that. Uh, Chris Alpha B big follower of 10 K pitches and post loons. Thank you so much for your support. Chris he says, got the needed W, but needed two more W's this week. 
uh, but need two more W's this week at home. I'm nervous for how many of our guys are going to get run into the ground. Now, I, I get your feelings on that, Chris. You know, we've kind of talked on this stream a lot about how outside of the starting 11, it's very murky in terms of who you can trust to provide quality minutes. But when you have the 11 on the field that Minnesota United had tonight and preferably when Will Trap gets back, right, um, you'll have options off the bench. You'll have Hassani Dotson off the bench most likely. You'll have either him or Ozzy Alonso off the bench in the defensive midfield. Up top, you'll have Robin Lud. You'll have Nico Hansen. You'll have other guys as options. Or excuse me, Ethan Finley and Nico Hansen as options. Uh, so you do have horses off the bench that I do think you can trust. But at the same time, you need to use those guys. I didn't mind the game management from Adrian Heath tonight. Um, I think putting in Rosales in the final minutes, um, in theory, was a good move. He's a midfielder. Try to hold down the rest of the match. Um, he's, a, he's a young guy. So I didn't mind that. Uh, but yes, game management is going to be crucial the rest of the way. And to be honest, Adrian Heath hasn't inspired much confidence in, in his game management. Uh, hopefully he proves us wrong down the stretch and we get the guys we need on the pitch, but also get some rest in there and get really ready for uh, hopefully what is uh, a playoff match or two as we hit that point. Uh, if you guys are just tuning into the stream, thank you so, so much. Leave that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Also, feel free to leave a question or comment in the chat. Uh, we are presented by our good friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. I'll tell you a little bit more about some exciting stuff they have going on in just a little bit. But right now, I'm going to get to my three things. And as I am getting to my three things, guys, maybe drop three, you know, your three things in the chat. Your one thing, your two thing, kind of your biggest takeaways from this one as I'm getting to mine. So we're going to start here first with number one. And pretty plain and simple, just win, baby. I mean, you needed three points tonight. It was far from perfect. If Austin FC had even a lick of 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 quality in the final third, you're probably looking at like a 3-1 loss, but they didn't. Some things went your way uh, a, a lot in this match if you're Minnesota United, and you get the win, just win, a much-needed win for the Loons tonight. But for my second thing, this is where I'm going to be a little bit critical. Defensive miscues. We saw it early on. Chase Gasper just tries a back pass to the keeper and gives up a corner. Uh, we saw numerous times where it just seemed like the Austin Austin counterattack and the Austin buildup was just carving through this defense. I love Ozzy Alonso and I love Hassani Dotson. I do not love them together in the central midfield. I do not. And if you're going to have them both, I would almost flip it. I would have Dotson at the eight and Ozzy at the six. If you're gonna if you're gonna have them together, but that is far from your ideal midfield pairing. I don't know what's going on on with Jan Gregus. Um, you know, even if he's playing terrible in training, he has proven to be a you know uh, option for this team when you have some guys off or you have some guys out. Uh, I don't know why we haven't seen him, but um, in any case, we haven't, and that makes me think we're probably not going to see him the rest of the season, and we probably have seen the last of him in a Minnesota United uniform, unfortunately. But 
Dotson and Alonzo is not your ideal defensive midfield pairing. Uh, that's shown, I think, big time over this last week. Uh, there just hasn't really been that togetherness on the back line. Boxall played well, but Roman Mettner almost gets himself sent off in the, in the final minutes. Uh, Gasper had another rough game. It's just been a little bit rough on the back line. Debassi, not sure uh, he didn't do necessarily do anything to inspire much confidence tonight either. It, it was really the last couple matches, the last week or so, has really been uncharacteristically poor. I don't want to say poor, but less, definitely less than what we're used to, less than the quality we're used to from this Minnesota United back line, and that is very concerning as we head down the stretch here. And my third thing, Charlie Beatty, backup play-by-play guy for the Loons. Cal Williams has a family wedding, no problem. Charlie Beatty steps in. This is, I think, his third time stepping into the play-by-play role uh, for Minnesota United this season on Bally Sports North, and he has done a fantastic job. Um, he is the go for hockey play-by-play guy for Valley Sports North. So that I'm under the assumption that that's kind of his niche. That's kind of his sweet spot. Maybe he prefers hockey. But if he wants to pursue a career, like full-time career in soccer play-by-play, I think Charlie Beatty is an excellent, uh, you know, he has, I mean, I don't think he would have much trouble finding a gig especially because if you've been watching on ESPN plus some of these uh, some of these matches, not a lot, there aren't a lot of other teams and other uh, broadcasts who have the same quality that Cal and Kendra can provide or the same quality that even Charlie and Kendra can provide. So uh, I think he would land on his feet if he wants to pursue soccer play by play as like a full-time career, but he has been the gopher hockey play by play announcer for the last three seasons. So maybe that's more his thing, but in, in, in any case, really, really good role in that sort of reserve play-by-play position for Charlie Beatty. Uh, so gold star for him, A-plus from him. Uh, just wanted to give him a big shout-out there. So those are my three things. I see a few chats coming in. Uh, Christopher Alphabee says, always here to support the away matches. Jeremy, appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, your support means a lot to us for sure. Um, Chris follows up and says, my one thing Need a consistent 90 minutes. Still a fine performance, but just worrying. I wouldn't even call it a fine performance, Chris. That second half was rough. Um, it was all Austin, basically, in the second half. He had a few chances. Finley had a chance. Fragapane had a chance. Uh, but for the most part, you were on your heels big time in the second half against the worst team in the Western Conference. I get it. You were on the road. But at the same time, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. You are. I mean, it is a big three points for your playoff positioning. So if you can tighten some things up, you know, maybe there is still something to be had from the season. But um, yeah, a consistent 90 minutes is much needed from this team. The starts have been fine. I mean, you've been scoring in the first 15 minutes for a majority of the matches over these last three weeks, over this last month. Um, And that's good for getting yourself on the front foot. And the results have shown, for the most part, when Minnesota United gets out early, they win, but they needed to put it together for 90. Aaron Serginian says, Ozzy 90 plus again with Gregish sitting there. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm right there with you, Aaron. Um, Not sure sure what you get out of Ozzy Alonzo. not only starting in the eight role, just in general, I don't think starting him in the eight role, you expect really much from him in that role. Cause that's not his role. Right. But also putting him there for 90 plus. I, I don't, I just, I don't get it. That isn't, that is one of those head scratchers for me. 
Uh, Dave Valensky says that was very good announcing nine times out of 10. Usually hear someone with an accent. Uh, yeah, you know, I like the fact that quality announcers from overseas see MLS as like a good job and want to come to America and, and do play by play in MLS. That's awesome. Um, and to be honest, when you look at uh, American play by play announcers, um, they're starting to become, they're definitely on the upswing in terms of a, the number of quality play-by-play announcers that there are, but B you talk about younger guys. I mean, I, I watch forward Madison quite a bit Forward Madison matches quite a bit. And on ESPN plus for USL league one matches, you have definitely seen an uptick in quality play-by-play. Is it perfect? Hell no. There's some real, real like squeakers in there for sure. But at the same time, it's getting better. You're inspiring a newer generation of people growing up that maybe want to do play-by-play, not for basketball, not for football, not for baseball, but for soccer. And that is pretty cool. Um, I did football and basketball play-by-play in college. If I were just maybe a a little bit younger and kind of growing up more in this type of generation, maybe I would pursue soccer more uh, for play-by-play. But um, yeah, Dave, I'm right there with you. I thought uh, Charlie Beattie did excellent tonight. Uh, and Dave Valensky also says, I agree. Midfield look really tired at the end of the game. A lot of missed passes and bad giveaways. Yes, this is, again, it's not your ideal defensive midfield pairing. It's not uh, a front four that is on the field together a lot, although it is your ideal front four, right? In terms of who you want, who's kind of your, your first stringer, so to speak, at each position, but they haven't been together a lot. So there's not going to be that cohesiveness that we want to see will come playoff time if we're lucky enough to make the playoffs if you're Minnesota United. Uh, keep dropping in those comments, guys. But I am going to shout out now our good friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, they have the $35 unlimited pickup membership. One thing, and I did not update the banner. I'm sorry, guys. One thing that they have, though, is uh, really this is really cool. So they have teamed up with Dogwood Coffee to create their first they have the coffee shop coming soon to 801 South 9th Street in Minneapolis, 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. But what they have right now that you can order is the Galazzo Brew. Now, this is 9th Street's exclusive brew that they have teamed up with Dogwood Coffee to create. Um, I bought two of them today. <laughs> uh, I know Bridget McDowell from Switch the Pitch has bought a couple. So go to 9thStreetMPLS.com or Follow them on Twitter and head to their Twitter at 9th Street MPLS, N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S. I believe it's it's 12 bucks a bag, not 100% sure, uh, but I can't wait for this thing to get to my house and for me to taste this. You can either order it for pickup, so you can stop into 801 South 9th Street. If you're close to Northeast Minneapolis, you can order it for pickup and not pay shipping, but I think shipping was only like 2 or $3, so... Um, if you're in the, in the area, uh, so you can have it shipped to your door too. the Galazzo brew from night street soccer and coffee. Definitely check it out. Nightstreetmpls.com at night street MPLS. Now, if you want to play pickup soccer, night street soccer is your place to go. It's indoors, but they have the garage doors. So if it happens to be a nice fall day, uh, they can open up the garage doors. You get kind of that indoor outdoor feel. Um, they have every day, six days a week, they have, uh, pickup soccer over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. New here in October, they have 40-plus pickup, 
So if you are kind of in that 40 plus age range, you have some guys who want to play pickup, but you don't want to try to keep up with 24, 25 year olds. I get it. I'm 30 going on 55. I feel like, so I kind of, I kind of feel like I, uh, I relate to that a little bit. So they have 40 plus pickup and they also have women's only pickup as well. So a lot of great options. If you are into pickup soccer, you can do one time pickup session for five bucks, or you can see at the bottom here, you can do unlimited pickup sessions for 35 bucks a month. This is also a great way to support Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee, along with buying a bag of the Galazzo Brew. Definitely buy at least one over at NinthStreetMPLS.com, at NinthStreetMPLS on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Big thanks to Ninth Street for sponsoring Post Loons, as always. Sticking around with us all season long. As you guys are dropping those comments in, Adrian Serginian, Adrian, Aaron Serginian, one win, number two, or number one win, number two, another nice start. Second half is a different story. Number three, nice sounding stadium and supporters. Q2 stadium in the list. Um, I have been a little bit weary of getting out into those type of environments this year, which is why you see me doing post loons in my basement quite a bit, right? Um, but I think uh, I think next season I may try to get out to uh, to a Minnesota United away game in Austin. That looks like that'll be a lot of fun, and just that that atmosphere is incredible. Um, kind of reminds me of TCF Bank Stadium in the early Minnesota United days too. Although obviously Austin is lucky enough to have their own stadium right off the bat, and that is obviously huge. Um, so yeah, I agree with Aaron. Really, really, really good atmosphere there as they continue to grow that club and grow. Um, grow that team and and get the players in that they want and kind of continue to progress. I can only imagine that's going to be like once this club starts getting competitive. Uh, Dave Stevens again says, I'm optimistic. A Dotson trap defensive mid uh, in that starting forward will get the job done going forward. Any expected changes midweek at home against a tough opponent? Um, I would think will trap maybe back and that would be huge. If he is back, I'm, I'm not sure what his you know paternity leave situation is like. You know, it's not like a you know a regular desk job where you get a standard two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is. We're in the middle of a season here, so I'm sure Trap's going to get back as soon as he can. Um, I haven't heard whether what that exactly that timeline is. I did hear that maybe this would be the last match he would miss moving forward, but we'll see. But having him back against Philly would be huge. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Philly coming up, but that is not that is not an easy match. That's you know the three ma- the three points you just got in Austin are huge in general, but especially considering who you got coming to Allianz Field midweek, um, that's going to be um, that's going to be quite the uh, quite the atmosphere. Or excuse me, quite the uh, big playoff feel match late in the season, um, definitely. All right, guys. Can- Continue to drop those questions and comments in. If you're just following us on the stream on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. If you are on Twitter uh, and you submitted a question that I, I have not responded to, that's because I can't see those questions coming in on Twitter. So if you're watching on Twitter, you have to go to YouTube if you want to submit a question. But if you are watching on Twitter and you want to help us out, hit that retweet button and hit that like button as you're watching us here. We're going now to get into the game notes. Um, a lot of this is uh, is Austin-related. Uh, especially in the second half. But ninth minutes when it gets started, Austin out on the front foot early with an opportunity from Cecilio Dominguez. Uh, but a good aggressive reaction from Tyler Miller keeps the loons uh or keeps things scoreless early. Uh, you know, Tyler Miller just had another excellent performance tonight, a well-earned clean sheet for him. 
12th minute, Loons hit a counter and Metonier sends a cross that finds the head of Fragapane, but his header ends up in the waiting arms of Austin goalkeeper Brad Stuver. And in the 16th, Fragapane gets his goal. Um, I don't know why anybody in this league thinks it's a good idea to give Emmanuel Reynoso time and space. I think he showed in the the one game where he's gotten time and space this year against the LA Galaxy, he scored two goals. Uh, there's a reason why teams are playing Emmanuel Reynoso as tough as they are because that's really the only way you can stop him. The only way you can stop him is getting him on the ground, suffocating him so he can't do anything with the ball because he showed last year that if you give him just a lick of space, a lick of time, he is going to find the open man or take the initiative himself. He showed that this year against the Galaxy as well, and he showed it on this goal. He didn't score, but he's just beyond the 18. He sends a rocket on goal. Stuver's able to palm it away, but it's right at Hassani Dotson. He corrals it, finds Fragapane, who puts it away to give the Loons another early lead. Emmanuel Reynoso starting that sequence, having some time, just past the 18, sending a shot on goal, a rocket that's there's no way Stuver was going to be able to corral that. So you're creating an opportunity with that shot, with the rebound. And Fragapane ends up putting it away. Very roller coaster start for Fragapane too. A couple of really bad turnovers that could have led to Austin goals, but also a couple of chances on the offensive end. He converts in the 16th. 20th, Reynoso with a really nice first touch and ends up one-on-one with Stuver. Again, 99, okay, 99 times out of 100 is a little bit uh, of an exaggeration. Uh, nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10, uh, Reynoso makes you pay. But for some reason, even though he's one-on-one with the keeper, he instead of taking it himself, passes it off to Adrian who knew who is basically marked. He didn't have nearly as much space uh, as Reynoso did and who knew shot on goal ends up blocked. I think if Reynoso just takes a couple more touches, he either forces a defender to come his way and then is able to find the open man or I mean, he's right there, point-blank opportunity. He's going to put a lot of those away. So not sure what Reynoso was thinking there. It, it was kind of when you talk about the front four and the lack of the cohesiveness, there were a lot of times where the buildup was good or the you know they forced a turnover and had numbers. And for some reason, that final decision was just wrong. Whether it was there's not enough weight on a pass or it was a, a, a wrong decision on who to pass to or somebody does end up trying to be selfish and they probably should have passed it off. It just seemed like those final decisions that would lead to the optimal shot or optimal opportunity just weren't quite there with that front four. We know they're capable of making those decisions. They've shown it all season long, but tonight is just was, was not there. 27th minute Dominguez tangles with Michael Boxall, and that is not a guy that you want to tangle with. Uh, and Dominguez found that out the hard way. Boxall shoves him to the ground. No foul given either way, which is the right call by the ref to not make a call there. 38th minute, the last 10 minutes or so of this first half were all Austin. Uh, starts with Tyler Miller having to clean up a rush from Driussi. 40th minute, Jimenez with another, or excuse me, with a great opportunity for Austin on the right side of the box. He tries to send it across, but nobody's there. But again, Austin continuing to be dangerous. 43rd, Pochettino on the end of a great ball. Luckily, his shot goes wide. Um, if if you're Austin, this is what's been plaguing you all season long is this lack of finishing. They don't necessarily have the personnel in yet to have that quality in the final third. Uh, and that plagued them again tonight, big time. 
and Minnesota United got really lucky. This could have been one, one or even two, one Austin at half. If Austin were able to finish those opportunities, second half Cole Manick, Austin defender uh, gets a wide open one timer inside the box, but pulls it well wide 58th minute. Reynoso goes down after seeming to get swiped in the face by Romagna. May have been, may have been a little bit of embellishment by Reynoso. Uh, he stays down uh, for a while. I think he was trying to force a VAR review and uh, gets carded for his efforts. 65th minute, Miller misses on a punch attempt, but luckily Metner is there to clear the cross over the end line. 71st, GTA sends down, or uh, excuse me, chest down a pass and fires a shot at Miller. Miller puts it over the bar. Uh, 73rd, first sub of the night, Finley on for load. Uh, 78, Dominguez with the opportunity this time as he curls a shot just wide of the post. And this was like the how on earth do you miss that moment? Like uh, as soon as he got in, I, I, I was, this is a goal. And even after he fired the shot, it looked like for sure it was going to curl in the corner. But it just goes wide. I mean, it was one of those where it looked like as it was like getting to the post, like half the ball just like disappeared because I thought for sure it was at least going off the post if it was going to be wide, but somehow it just goes completely wide of the post. Uh, and th- if you're an Austin fan, you just have to be scratching your head as how how did that not go in? It's just kind of you're, you're accepting the fact that it's not your night at that point. But credit to Austin, they kept pushing. Uh, 79th minute, Minnesota United makes a, another sub. Rosales on for Unu. Uh, 84th, one of the lone chances for the Loons in the second half comes from Rosales, fresh off the bench, as he gets on the ball, or he gets the ball on a little give and go, but his shot isn't really close. 88th, best chance of the half by far for the Loons. Finley does an excellent job beating a couple defenders, using his energy fresh off the bench. This is what fresh legs gives you here in the second half. And sending a low cross in for Fragapane, but somehow Fragapane just he, he he gets it all wrong. He's unable to finish off the chance, putting the ball over the bar. Now we get into stoppage time, which was very very interesting <laughs> to say the least. Uh, Metnair just white hot after coming together with Kolmanic takes three to four loons to keep the defender from doing something that could potentially affect his eligibility for the next match. And and Kendra de Saint Aubin said it on the broadcast: you cannot afford to lose anybody midweek against Philly or, or for any of these matches down the stretch. Uh, you're up one nil. You're in stoppage time. Three points are just a few minutes away. You got to keep your cool. And I don't know what was said or what was done because it wasn't exactly a, a huge dust up uh, between Colmanic and Matt Nair to lead to that. It didn't look like there was much there, but, but whew, Matt Nair was um, very, very, uh, Pissed off, for lack of a better term. Uh, 90 plus, again, a couple opportunities for Austin at the death. Uh, the last one, which was one of those that that just this makes your heart drop. Uh, Tyler Miller has to go up all the way up, showing his hops to corral a header. Comes down awkwardly. Luckily, it looks like he's okay and preserves the win for the Loons. So that is where you end up. One nil, three big points for Minnesota United as we head down a crucial, crucial stretch run here. Uh, Four more matches over the next two weeks and five matches over the rest of the season. Um, We talked a little bit on the last episode about how Adrian Heath was uh, feeling a little uh, warmth underneath his seat, so to speak. 
Uh, this win helps, obviously. Um, and we'll see how the rest of the season comes you know, comes about. I mean, these next five games could decide whether Adrian Heath is on the Minnesota United sideline next year. Or it couldn't matter at all. They could decide to go a completely different direction anyways. Who knows? But I don't think, in any case, even if you lose the next five, I don't think you're going to see a change before the season's over. I think if there will be a changing of the guard at the helm for Minnesota United, it will be done in the offseason. I don't expect that anything will be done before the end of the season, no matter how bad things get moving forward. Uh, So let's look forward, guys. Uh, Big, big week coming up. When you talk about needing three points in Austin, that's because you have kind of a gauntlet the rest of this week and, and for a lot of the rest of the season, to be honest. So Wednesday, the 20th, home against the Union. How's Philadelphia doing this year? Only third in the West. You know, they were Supporter Shield winners last year, or excuse me, third in the East. They were Supporter Shield winners last year. But this is a team who hasn't lost in MLS play since September 3rd. It's October 16th. That's six weeks that they have not lost a match in MLS. Last time they lost in general was on the 15th of September when they lost the Gold Cup semifinal to America. So that is, you know, that's the last time they lost. They haven't lost an MLS play since the 3rd of September. That was not even Labor Day weekend yet. Uh, so this is a union team that's coming in with a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence. They're very good, obviously. Again, uh, it's not going to be easy. Expectations for that match? You're at home. I don't want to call it a must win, but it's, you know, a win would really, really help. Uh, and the Loons and Allianz, doesn't matter who's coming in. You expect three points. Even this year, Minnesota United has been excellent at home. I think you expect three points. I think you would take a result. I would take a result either way against the number three team in the East. But I think expectation going in should be three, should be a win. Then on Saturday, you take on LAFC. Now that could be a six-pointer because if you look at the standings right now, the live table. Let me actually bring up the live table because there has been a couple matches and obviously uh, the Minnesota United result affects the standings a little bit. So let's go to the Western Conference table here as I pull it up in another tab. Uh, spinning Wheel of Death. Spinning Wheel of Death. I don't want Eastern Conference. I want Western Conference. Okay, here's where you are. Uh, you're sixth right now if you're Minnesota. You're one point behind Real Salt Lake for the five spot. You're one point ahead of the Galaxy for the seventh spot. Uh, Galaxy, your seventh. Minnesota, sixth. Real Salt Lake, fifth. One point separate, separates each of them. RSL, 42. Minnesota, 41. LA Galaxy, 40. LAFC are within striking distance of that seventh spot with 37 points. Come next Saturday, this could be a six-pointer for Minnesota United. And LAFC, they kind of look like they're back. Like they haven't had a great season, obviously, on the playoff bubble. But without Carlos Vela, they dominated San Jose from pillar to post tonight. That's a wrestling reference, sorry. But basically it means that from end to end, 
bell to bell another wrestling reference i'm sorry whistle to whistle they uh just it was a complete demolition of san jose they look like they're back and work carlos vela into that mix that's dangerous and this is a team that needs wins because they're three points on the outside looking in right now with no games in hand so you're going to be facing a really motivated lafc side and an lafc side that will be probably right on the playoff line and could be right on the playoff line along with you on saturday now again at allianz minnesota united's good you expect three points i wouldn't take any less than three against lafc i would take one against the union i wouldn't take any less than three against lafc now if you beat philadelphia and you build some equity that's a whole nother story but if you come out with with one or god forbid none against the union yeah you're gonna need those three against lafc for sure all right guys i'm gonna stick around a few more minutes for any questions or comments thank you so much for sticking with us this minnesota united season has been kind of a roller coaster and it's been fun talking about it with you guys on post loons uh, I really do appreciate all the support that you guys have given us. If you're still watching on YouTube and you haven't hit that thumbs up yet, please do so. If you haven't left a question or comments, you can do so over the next uh, two minutes or so. Um, if you're watching on Twitter, hit a retweet button, please. Hit that like button. Uh, check out some of the other content we're doing too. Um, another loss, unfortunately, for forward Madison. That's kind of the nail in the coffin. They're not making the USL League One playoffs. But we're still going to have a lot of fun this week. On the Talking Flock podcast, it's myself and Rob Chapel from Madison 365 talking all things forward Madison. That drops every Tuesday in your podcast feeds. So just look up Talking Flock wherever you get your podcasts. Also, the 10,000 Pitches podcast is back and better than ever with myself and Dominic Jose Bazonio breaking down everything Minnesota soccer. Minnesota United is just a small part of the 10,000 Pitches podcast. We've been talking a lot of gopher women's soccer lately because they've been killing it. We've been talking Minnesota Woso. We've been talking St. Thomas with them being in D1 now. Uh, and we always spotlight some of these schools kind of in the lower divisions of college soccer as well. And then during lower league season, we talk a lot of lower league soccer too. So uh, go check that out and support that. We will catch you Wednesday night after a big one against the Philadelphia Union. Have a good rest of your weekend, guys. See you.